We had watched airplanes lift up and fly off into blue sky as we neared the airport. Every time another airliner flew overhead, leaving a trail of white and gray smoke, Big Ma fanned herself and asked, Jesus, why? Big Ma had kept quiet long enough. Once inside the terminal, she let it all hang out. She told Pa, I don't mind saying it, but this isn't right. Coming out to Idlewild and putting these girls on a plane so Cecile can see what she left behind. If she wants to see, let her get on an airplane and fly out to New York. Big Ma doesn't care if President Kennedy's face is on the half dollar or if the airport is now officially named after him. She calls the airport by its old name, Idlewild. Don't get me wrong. Big Ma was as mad and sad as anyone when they killed the president. It's change she has no pity on. However things are stamped in Big Ma's mind is how they will be now and forever. Idlewild will never be JFK. Cassius Clay will never be Muhammad Ali. Cecile will never be anything other than Cecile. I can't say I blame Big Ma for feeling the way she did. I certainly didn't forgive Cecile. When Cecile left, Fern wasn't on the bottle. Vonetta could walk, but wanted to be picked up. I was four going on five. Pa wasn't sick, but he wasn't doing well either. That was when Big Ma came up from Alabama to see about us. Even though Big Ma read her scripture daily, she hadn't considered forgiveness where Cecile was concerned. Cecile wasn't what the Bible meant when it spoke of love and forgiveness. Only judgment, and believe me, Big Ma had plenty of judgment for Cecile. So even if Cecile showed up on Papa's welcome mat, Big Ma wouldn't swing the front door open. That was why Pa had put us on a plane to Oakland. Either Cecile wouldn't come back to Brooklyn, or she wasn't welcome. Honestly, I don't think Pa could choose between Big Ma and Cecile even after Cecile left him. And us. Even after Cecile proved Big Ma right. How can you send them to Oakland? Oakland's nothing but a boiling pot of trouble cooking. All them riots? Pa has a respectful way of ignoring Big Ma. I wanted to smile. He's good at it. A shrill voice had announced the departing flight to Oakland. All three of us had butterflies. Our first airplane ride. Way up above Brooklyn. Above New York. Above the world. Although I could at least keep still, Vonetta and Fern stamped their feet like holy rollers at a revival meeting. Big Ma had grabbed them by the first scruff of fabric she could get a hold of, bent down, and told them to act right. There weren't too many of us in the waiting area, and too many of them were staring. I'd taken a quick count out of habit. Vonetta, Fern, and I were the only Negro children. There were two soldier boys in green uniforms who didn't look any older than Uncle Darnell, high school cap and gown one day, army boots and basic training four days later. Two teenage girls with afros. Maybe they were college students. And one lady dressed like Jackie Kennedy, carrying a small oval suitcase.
Big Ma had also scouted around the waiting room. I knew she worried that we'd be mistreated in some way and sought out a grown brown face to look out for us. Big Ma turned her nose up at the college girls with afros in favor of the Negro lady in the square sunglasses and snappy suit toting the equally snappy oval bag. Big Ma made eye contact with her. When we lined up, she told the Negro Jackie Kennedy, These my grandbabies. You look out for them, you hear? The snappy Negro lady had been nice enough to smile but hadn't returned the look that Big Ma expected. And Big Ma had expected the look Negro people silently pass each other. She'd expected the stranger to say as if she were a neighbor. They're as good as my own. I'll make sure they don't misbehave or be an embarrassment to the Negro race. A blank movie star smile had been all she passed.